Hey, welcome to Freedom Bible Church. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't introduce myself last week. I'm Joel. Uh, Joel Zabrowski. I'm the pastor of Freedom, and we're glad that you're joining us today at our, at our website, uh, www.freedombible.church, and also on our YouTube page. Um, this is actually week two of our video series. We have uh, a lot of audio on our website, but this is the second week that we're doing video. I just want to encourage you to share this video link that you're watching it on with a friend. At Freedom Bible, we want to make disciples like Jesus. We want to make much of God, and we want to teach His Word well. And we think that we do that, and we think it can be a real blessing to help make disciples all around uh, the community, the county, the state, the country, and, and the world. I'm just ask you to share that link. And then also, feel free to, on the website there, listen to our previous uh, audio recordings too. What we're encouraging people to do is to, to use this on a Sunday morning. This sermon is a tool to help you grow and to help you help other people grow, help you to disciple other people. So what we're suggesting is on our webpage to use some of the songs that we have on there to lead your family in worship. If you're the head of the home, lead your family in worship. Choose two or three or four of those songs ahead of time. And then find a scripture verse that fuels one of those songs and read that with your family and then sing together on a Sunday morning. Then use this sermon after you listen to it to discuss it and apply and plan together um, how that throughout the week we can put God's word into practice and it can transform our lives. And the third thing I want to remind you is that Easter is two weeks from today. And we want to be a blessing. That's our outreach at Freedom Bibles. We want to be a blessing to people. And we're encouraging people to get a gift bag and put in that gift bag a roll of toilet paper. Put in that gift bag this Easter outreach booklet. And we have these available at the church building. I'll, I'll set a date. I'll send it out in the email where you can come by and get one or two of these booklets to put in your gift bag. And then a gift card to a local restaurant. We want to bless local business owners and be a blessing to a friend by putting toilet paper, uh, the gospel Easter booklet, and a gift card in that bag, and then write a note, personal note, a note of encouragement, uh, a note of appreciation, a note with a Bible verse in there and a prayer for them. We want to challenge you and uh, encourage you to do that this Easter season. Uh, let's pray together, and we'll open God's Word. Father, we thank you. Uh, we're just two weeks away from celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the pivotal moment in human history. That is the hub of human history. Everything else revolves around that fact that Jesus died and then rose again. He died for our sins and rose, assuring us that we're going to rise and have eternal life in heaven with you forever through Christ when we ask him to forgive us of our sins. So we look forward to Easter, Father. We want to use this season to make Jesus known to other people. So use each one of us, Father. Use Freedom Bible Church to make Jesus Christ famous, to make much of you by introducing other people and helping them meet Jesus. Uh, Father, as we open your word, we ask you to speak to us wherever we're sitting, uh, whatever home that we're in, wherever we're located, we ask you to speak to us through your word and challenge us, transform us, 
Encourage us. Give us what we need today, Father, to take that next step to becoming a disciple of Jesus. We pray through Jesus. And we pray, God, uh, for health for people during this coronavirus time. Uh, we pray for wisdom um, and for servanthood for our political leaders during this time. Uh, we need your help for this and through this, we pray through Jesus. Amen. Last week, um, I wanted to, we, we put the word out that we're going to try to be a blessing to a family. And I want to thank everybody. Uh, we've got a picture here of uh, the, the food that was donated to help a family. Uh, a week ago, we helped 20 families that through the Amherst School District that were needing food, and we contributed towards helping that. And then this, this, this week, just a few days ago, we were going to bless a single mom and her five kids. Um, got laid off from work, only working a few hours a week, and we were, it was such a blessing uh, for Stacy and I to drop off that food for them. They're really blessed by that. Just so thank you. Thank you to our Freedom family for generously giving and donating this food and being a blessing. And, and this, this was a true act of love because you gave to somebody who is in need. Some people gave out of abundance. And that's biblical, that when we have enough and extra that we give out of abundance. But I know that some people also gave and it was sacrificial. And that also is biblical, to give sacrificially. Both of those things were an act of true love. And today, we're going to look at this idea of loving one another, making disciples like Jesus by loving one another. We saw last week in John chapter 14 that Jesus said that if we believe in him, we will imitate him. We will do the things that he did. And what did he do? He made disciples. So this week we're going to look at how can we make disciples like Jesus in John 15. And by in John 15 we see it's by loving one another. Jesus loved other people. We're going to imitate him by loving other people. And by doing that it helps us to make disciples. If you remember last week, we said that um, Jesus made disciples by helping people move. And we use this illustration of chairs, moving from chair to chair to chair. We start off everybody... In chair number one, that's the lost chair. We're spiritually lost, and Jesus reached out to lost people. He came to seek and to save that which was lost by helping people come and see who he really is. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. And once they saw who he was and they believed, they moved to chair two. They were believers, and chair two believers need to follow Jesus. That was his challenge. Come and follow me. And as people followed him and grew in him, and spent more time with him, and started to imitate him, they became a worker in the harvest field, imitating Jesus the way that Jesus did ministry. And workers helped other people to follow. Workers helped other people to see Jesus. And as we start to disciple other people, they become believers, they become workers, I then become a disciple maker. And today we're going to look at how can I, as a worker, help people to follow Jesus. And we do that by loving one another, just like Jesus did. So last week we were in John 14. Today we're going to be in John 15. Let's just give some context and orient ourselves. Here's our city of Israel. We remember last week, it was Thursday night, the day before Good Friday. Jesus was in a building, a room, a house that was called the Upper Room. And in the Upper Room, in John 13, he washed their feet. In John 13, they had their last supper together. 
In John 14, last week, he said, hey, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He said, I am, you're going to imitate me. Do the things that I've been doing, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you. At the end of John 14, they leave the upper room, and they walk down through Jerusalem, all the way past the temple to uh, one of the gates, and they exit there. And that brings us to John 15. In John 15, they're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And when they leave the gates, um, they would have come through the city and then down to this valley called the Kidron Valley. Up in this corner here is the Garden of Gethsemane. They would have been coming down through this valley. And if you could imagine, there's grapevines there. And in John chapter 15, Jesus uses an illustration about vines and branches, and they may have been walking past them at that point in John chapter 15. It's about midnight on Thursday night, just about nine hours before Jesus is nailed to the cross. Let's start reading in John chapter 15. Jesus said in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And if you remember from last week, we said a disciple maker bears much fruit. We can only bear much fruit if I remain in Jesus. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything. You cannot imitate Christ. You cannot make disciples like Christ in your own power, in your own willpower. Uh, you can only make disciples like Jesus by remaining in him. What does that mean? That, re that word remain means to abide in Jesus. Uh, that's why one of the reasons at, at Freedom we emphasize reading God's word so much. This is how we abide in Jesus. That's how we can bear much fruit. That's how we can do ministry like Jesus. We can only do it if we abide in him and remain in him. To make disciples... I've got to remain in him. To live righteously, I've got to remain in him. It's important that God's word become a priority, that it become a habit, so that I can remain in Jesus. Let's keep reading. Let's go to verse 8. Jesus said, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's a huge verse right there. You see what he's saying here? When I imitate Jesus, when I make disciples like Jesus, when I bear much fruit like Jesus, it brings glory to God. He's glorified by that. The second thing it says here is that when I'm bearing much fruit like Jesus, loving like Jesus, making disciples like Jesus, when I do that, that's the evidence that I'm a disciple. The evidence that I'm a disciple is when I'm making other disciples. Let's jump back up to verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now he says, remain in my love. And maybe you're asking the question, wow, how do I remain in Jesus' love? How do I do that? And maybe his, his disciples were wondering that too when he was speaking to them in John 15. Well, he answers it in verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. So the evidence... That I love Jesus is obedience to Jesus. If I obey his commands, I remain in his love. He goes on to say, just as I have obeyed my father's commands 
and I remain in his life. Now, you might, have, you might wonder, wait a minute, if I disobey Jesus, does he stop loving me? Is that what it's saying here? If I disobey, he won't love me anymore? It's not what it's saying. If I disobey, I've sort of turned my back on Jesus. He still loves me, but I don't experience his love when I turn my back and disobey. I can only experience his love as if I'm remaining in him and obeying him. Let's go on, verse 11. He goes, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So Jesus wants us to not just imitate him as bearing fruit, but imitate him as being a joyful person. How do I have his joy in me? It's when I obey. When I obey his commands. Now, what are his commands? Verse 12 tells us what his command is. My command is this, that you love each other as I have loved you. Imitate my love for you when you love other people. Here's a key component to personal joy. If you want joy in life, if you want to enjoy this life as best as you can, it's by obediently loving other people. If I don't obediently love other people, I minimize the amount of joy that I can have in my life. A key component of personal joy is obediently loving other people. A key component of bearing fruit in ministry, key component of making disciples, is loving other people obediently. Let's finish out here by looking at verses 16 and 17. Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you. This is huge. I hope that those words right there bring you great comfort. If you struggle with self-esteem or self-worth or self-image, you need to hear that Jesus chose you. He said here, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Jesus wanted you, and he chose you. And that should bring great comfort. That should bring great assurance to my soul that he's never going to let me go, no matter what I do. And it also should bring us great purpose that Jesus chose us. And he goes on to say here what that purpose is. He says, I chose you and I appointed you. In other words, I've given you this purpose. I've given you this direction. This is what I've appointed you to do. This is your purpose, to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Your purpose is to sit in that fourth chair, to be a disciple maker like Jesus, to love like Jesus. And he goes on to say, bear fruit that will last. And then when you're doing that, when you're bearing fruit that will last, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now this is not some crazy name it, claim it, prosperity gospel where God will give you whatever you want. He's going to give me the car of my dreams, the four-wheeler of my dreams. Help me shoot the biggest deer of my dreams. That's not what this promise is. This promise is if I am obediently loving other people, and bearing fruit like Jesus, the Father will give me what I'm asking for. And what am I asking for? I'm asking for people. Help me to help lost people come and see Jesus. Help me to help believers follow Jesus. He will give me what I ask for. And then Jesus, Jesus ends this, this whole statement here with verse 17, reminding us what the command is that we need to obey. Here it is. This is my command to love each other. To love one another. 
Well, we're going to get practical here, and we're going to look at four specific ways that Jesus loved other people. These are four specific ways that you and I can love other people. Four different commands in the New Testament to do specific one another's, one another things. There's actually, if you want to do a, a Google search, there's 30 plus different one another's in the New Testament. We're just going to look at four of them today that we can do today, that we can do this week, that we can do this Easter season to imitate Jesus and make disciples like Jesus and love like Jesus. And the first one, first one is to serve one another. Um, I've got uh, three children, two in-law children, and my youngest child is a senior in high school this year, or I guess I should say he's a senior in homeschool right now this year. Uh, my son Josh is planning on going to a Christian university in Pennsylvania next year after he graduates. Uh, that university is located in the poorest county in the entire state of Pennsylvania. There's some beautiful, wealthy areas in the state of Pennsylvania. But this university happens to be in the poorest area of the state. Uh, on the university's website, they advertise that last year, in 2019, their students on campus performed more than 50,000 hours of community service in one year. It's a university of about 12, 1400 students, 50,000 hours. They did summer mission trips, they did spring break missions trips, they did weekly things in the community and in churches there to serve people. They were trying to express Jesus' love, loving one another, by serving one another. Uh, almost two months ago, I was in San Jose, California area, and I had the privilege of, of serving a church there, Grace Alliance Church. It's a, a Vietnamese church. And when I was there speaking on Saturday, preaching on Sunday, it was just after the Lunar New Year. And the pastor of that church uh, told me that the, the Vietnamese celebrate the Lunar New Year. One of the things that people in their church do is that older people who are more established, have greater earning power, they try to bless the younger families who have more mouths to feed, kids who are growing up and outgrowing clothes. So with the Lunar New Year, they bless them by serving them, by giving them a financial gift. The older bless the younger people and serve them that way. I knew a guy who, uh, when he would go to church on Sunday mornings, he would park as far away from the church building as possible. He would take the last parking spot, be further away than anybody else. Why did he do that? But he wanted to leave the closer parking spaces for all the widows, for the elderly, for the single moms with kids, for the pregnant ladies. He wanted to serve them by parking as far away as he could uh, as possible. I had some friends from high school uh, include me in a text thread this week. Uh, one of the guys, a good, good friend of mine, started the thread and he was asking everybody, hey, since you're holed up at home, you're confined to home, what are you doing? How's everybody doing? And, and today, one of those guys pointed out that he uh, got up in the morning and took a 30-minute walk, was back home, and a little bit later was going to go out and walk to a grocery store, and he was buying groceries for an elderly person that lived close by. That was a great act of serving somebody else with the love of Jesus. We love other people by serving other people. 
the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13, says it this way. It says, hey, you brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. It's one of the reasons we named our church Freedom Bible Church. You were called to be free. You are free in Christ, but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Don't use your freedom to serve yourself, to be self-serving, to indulge yourself. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another and do it in love, like Jesus commanded to do it in love. And he adds this last two words there, that in love, to address our motives behind serving. What's your motive? Why do you serve other people? Is it because you love them? Is it because you love Christ? Is it because you want to obey Christ, His command to love one another? Or is my motive because I want to make myself feel better? I serve them because it makes me feel better about myself. It makes me feel important. Uh, it makes me feel superior that I can serve other people. If that's my motive, that's not because of the love of Christ. What's my motive? If I want to serve other people... Uh, because I want to make a good name for my church. We saw on the screen people with volunteer shirts on serving somewhere. If my motive for serving is because I want free advertising because I put my church name on the back or because I want um, to make a good name for my church rather than loving people because Jesus wants me to and obey him, that's not Jesus' motive. What's my motive? My motive is to get community service hours for my school, or community service hours so I can get a scholarship. If that's my motive for doing it, that's not the motive of loving like Christ. Uh, I went to a great college, soon to be a university, Messiah College. Uh, that's also in Pennsylvania. And every spring break, they do spring break service projects. They'll send 10 to 15 teams all over the United States to serve and to minister and do mission trips. Uh, each year when I was in school, they sent two teams down to Florida. And I had a friend one year who signed up for both of those trips because he wanted to get in one of them. And his reason why, because he wanted to get to Florida for spring break. It wasn't, and he said this, it wasn't because I want to go serve people. I want to love like Jesus. It was because I want to get to Florida. And that's not the love of Christ, if that is my motive. In John 15, Jesus' disciples were there. One of those guys was a guy named Peter. And this is what he wrote a few years later. Peter said, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Now, first of all, realize that any gift you have, it's something you've received. God's given that gift to you. Now, you can develop that gift and strengthen that gift, but he's the one who gave it to you. So you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So whatever gift you have, use it to serve other people. And then, get this in verse 11. He said, if anybody serves, when you serve, you should do it with the strength that God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. That's the motive. We serve with strength that God gives us, and we only get that, remember... By remaining in Him, remaining in Jesus, He gives us that strength to serve, and our motive is so that God gets the glory, so that God can get praise 
through Jesus Christ. And then he says, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. So I serve not for my glory, not for my church's glory, not to make a name or to feel important, but we serve for the glory of God through Jesus Christ. Can I challenge you this week and ask you to consider, uh, ask God, who do you want me to serve today? If you're in lockdown at home, just family members all around you that you can serve. If you're alone in your home, maybe there's a neighbor or relative that God wants you to serve. Who do you want me to serve? And then how do you want me to serve them? Who and then how? Maybe there's a gift that God has given you, a gift that you've received that you can use to serve other people in your home. I'm telling you what, your mom would love it if you would do the dishes, if you would clean. Your spouse would love it if you serve one of those different ways. So who do you want me to serve? How do you want me to serve? And then help me. Help me to serve. Remember, do it with the strength that God provides. Help me to serve. Help me to serve with the love of Christ so that God gets the glory. The second way that we love other people like Jesus did is to be hospitable to one another. Show hospitality to other people. It means to be warm towards people, uh, to be inviting towards people and welcoming towards other people, to be generous to people. It means to be friendly to be kind, to be interested, to be a good listener, to ask good questions. Now, as a church, when we're gathering together, when Freedom Bible Church meets, we want to be hospitable to each other and also to guests that God brings. We want to be warm and welcoming and friendly and kind and, and interested in them. Uh, we just looked at 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Let's back it up one verse to verse 9. And see that Peter says, hey, guess what? Offer hospitality to one another. And do this without grumbling. Now, why would we grumble if we're showing hospitality to other people? Well, we can grumble if we feel unappreciated. If I show hospitality and they don't reciprocate and show hospitality back, I can start to grumble about that. I've heard people say, uh, older Christians, I've heard people say in church, well, no one ever talks to me. No one ever reaches out to me. No one invites me over for dinner. And I want to say to them, do you ever invite them over for dinner? Do you ever initiate the conversation? Do you ever start it up? Don't show hospitality with grumbling. Do it without grumbling. And Romans 12, 13 says, share with God's people. And we were just, I shared earlier, it was a joy to take those groceries and to share with God's people. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Now, Easter is just two weeks away. Two weeks from today, um, people are shut into their homes. It's, it's difficult to extend hospitality when we can't have people to come over. We can't go over. We can't even go out together somewhere. You can't go visit somebody. How do you show hospitality? How do we share God's love, the love of Jesus? Well, we got to get creative. Make phone calls. Talk to people on the phone. Send text messages, like I shared how my friend started a, a text stream that people could text each other and catch up. Uh, the web provides Google Hangouts uh, through Facebook Messenger. You can talk to people and even see them on the phone. 
How about, have you ever heard of ding dong ditch? Is that what they call it? I don't know what they call it. Where you ring a doorbell and then run and hide and somebody comes and answers the door and nobody's there. Well, how about you take a gift and leave it on somebody's porch? Ring the doorbell and then get out of there. Leave an anonymous gift. Show some hospitality that way. And by the way, um, it's Easter season and there's probably some candy. And I could probably go for some dark chocolate caramel candy if you want to ding dong ditch and be hospitable towards me. We're trying to be a blessing this Easter season. That's why we want to do our gift bags with the booklet, with the note, with the card, and with the toilet paper so that we can be a blessing. We can show hospitality and share the love of Jesus by sharing that hospitality with people. I want to just share one more verse with you about hospitality. And this is really interesting. I didn't want to leave this out. And this is from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. The writer says, hey, keep on loving each other. Remember, that's the command from Jesus, is to love one another. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Verse 2, do not forget to entertain strangers. And this word for entertain is the word hospitality. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers because... By doing so, some people have entertained angels without even knowing it. They have shown hospitality to angels. Now, how does this work? I don't know. I have no idea how it works. You might ask, hey, Pastor Joel, have you ever entertained an angel? Oh, I don't know, because it says here, you did it without knowing it, so I wouldn't know it if I did it. But is there somebody maybe that's broke down on the side of the road that you can stop and help? And by doing so, maybe that was a real angel. A real angel walking around on planet Earth giving us opportunity to show the love of Jesus by showing hospitality. And unbeknownst to us, unaware, we've entertained, we have shown hospitality to an angel. That's pretty amazing. There's something very spiritual about hospitality. When they tie it into entertaining angels, there's something very spiritual about entertaining an angel. Very possible for us to do that. So let's love like Jesus by showing hospitality to lost friends and especially to other believers, taking care of other people in need. Uh, and, and next, we, uh, we share the love of Jesus by encouraging one another. Now I've got a confession to make. I've about had it with politics. Uh, most of what politicians do is they're posturing, they're criticizing, they're always tearing down the opponent, always looking for things to be critical about. And I'm done with it. This whole um, bipartisan nonsense that has been going on. The way of Jesus, loving one another, obeying Jesus, making disciples like Jesus, is to build them up, to encourage other people. I'd love to see the politicians building friendships with each other. When somebody makes a good decision on the other side, to encourage them and say that they made a good decision. 1 Thessalonians, maybe you've heard this verse before, 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. We really encourage you this Easter season to use that card 
to encourage other people. Write an encouraging word, something do you appreciate about them. Write a scripture verse to encourage them. Write a prayer to encourage them. Uh, when you get back to work, after the businesses pick back up, what motivates you at work? Are you better motivated when people criticize you and point out all the things you did wrong? Or are you more motivated when they compliment you and point out what you did right? I've got a good friend who's a business owner. His name's Brian, Brian Soy. And he introduced me to the idea about demotivation. And employees can be demotivated by employers when they're criticized and not encouraged. Children can be demotivated uh, when they're criticized and not complimented, not encouraged. We want to encourage one another, build each other up. This is where we use our eyes. We look out for things that people do right so that we can encourage them for it. Uh, what do you look for? Do you look for what people are doing right? Or do you look for what people are doing wrong? I tend to be more critical and looking for what people are doing wrong. But I'm learning to walk like Jesus and look for what people are doing right so that I can catch them doing something right and can encourage them, build them up, not tear them down. You know what else tears people down? Is when you roll their, your eyes at them when they say something. When you talk about them behind their back, it demotivates them. If they're talking and you interrupt them, that demotivates them. If you try to one-up somebody, they share a story and then you have to share a better story. That's not encouraging. That's discouraging. That tears people down. If you encourage people, guess what? You will always have friends if you will encourage people. So verbally encourage people. Uh, in writing, encourage people. Give somebody a gift. Uh, make eye contact when they're speaking to you. Smile at people. That encourages people. want to just close that page by looking at Hebrews 3.13. It says, encourage one another, and this is important here, encourage one another daily. In other words, make it a priority and make it a habit. As long as it is called today, encourage one another. Now, I can, I'll give you permission, as if I could do that, I give you permission, you don't have to encourage anybody tomorrow. Just today, as long as it's today. But guess what? When you get to tomorrow, it's not tomorrow anymore. It's now today. So today, every day, daily, make it a habit to look for, how can I encourage somebody and encourage? And here's the benefit of it. When I encourage everybody daily, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So if I struggle with sin, a way to overcome that sin is to encourage other people. I can be softened towards God and not hardened by sin's deceitfulness when I encourage other people. So when I encourage people, I'm loving people like Jesus. It benefits them. When I encourage people, it keeps me from temptation and helps me avoid the sin that can destroy my life. And so it benefits other people and it benefits me when I encourage one another like Jesus. So you can imitate Jesus by serving one another, by showing hospitality to one another, by encouraging one another, and finally, by bearing with one another and forgiving one another. By bear with and forgive one another. It's an act of love for Christ, 
and for the other person if I bear with them when they offend me. It's an act of love for Christ and for the other person when I forgive them when they sin against me. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 begins with talking about bearing with, and it ends by talking about forgiving. Verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. When I bear with somebody, I'm doing it out of love. I'm obeying Jesus. So I shall love when I bear with somebody, when I'm patient with them, when I put up with them, when I overlook an offense, when I don't take everything personally, I'm bearing with them in love. Verse 32 says, be kind, be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Uh, I'm sharing these and ending with these today for, for two reasons. First of all, you're holed up in home. You might be with a lot of family members. Uh, you will inevitably and eventually get on each other's nerves, get under each other's skin. So as you're holed up during this season, bear with each other. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. Love like Jesus, because he put up with us. Be patient. And also, when you wrong each other, Forgive each other. Be quick to forgive because God does through Christ. So one of the reasons is you're holed up at home with family. The other reason that I share this is that think about you maybe have family and friends that you've gotten sideways with over the years or you've grown distant from them. Something's come between you and you're not as close as you should be. Maybe it's something that they did to you. Maybe it's something that you did to them. And with this virus infecting many people and causing many deaths, it should make us evaluate our own mortality. And first of all, make sure that my relationship with God is right. And it can only be right, and we saw it last week, um, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. We're talking about bearing with and forgiveness. It's only by the forgiveness of Jesus that I can be made right with God. During this season, make sure that you have been forgiven by Christ and ask Him to do that. But the other one is all these other relationships, family members, close friends, that maybe we've grown distant from. Our mortality should make us want to make those right. We want to make sure that there's nothing between us. So forgive somebody reconcile it with somebody. If you've sinned against them, make it right and ask for forgiveness. Extend forgiveness. Show the love of Christ. Love one another like Christ by bearing with and forgiving. So our challenge this week is we want to make disciples like Jesus by imitating Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He loved one another. And he told us, that's his command, to love one another. And we can practice that today. We can practice that this week. We can practice that this Easter season by serving one another, by showing hospitality to one another, by encouraging one another, and by bearing with one another and forgiving each other. And let me remind you of verse 5 in John 15, the very first verse we looked at. In order to do that, I've got to remain in Christ. 
I don't have the power to do it. I don't have the strength to do any of these things well without Jesus. I cannot bear fruit unless I remain in Him. And that's my challenge this week, to bear fruit like Jesus, to make disciples like Jesus, to serve each other, show hospitality to each other, to love each other, uh, to bear with each other, to encourage each other, and help people follow Jesus by letting them imitate you doing those things. Let's pray together. Father, we do. We thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you for your example. I pray that you would empower us as we remain in you to love like you did. By your Holy Spirit, by praying to the Father like we saw in John 14. Help us to live like you, Jesus, in John 15. Help us to love one another. And I pray that you would tell each person today, speak to each one of us, who do you want us to reach out to and love? By serving, by encouraging by bearing with, by hospitality, who do you want us to do it and how do you want us to do it? Pray that you'd show us and give us the power to do it, Father. And pray as we're making these gift bags, as we're being a blessing to other people, that you would use that, Father, to draw people to you this Easter season. You would get the glory. You would get the credit. We pray through Jesus. Amen. Uh, last thing, just our disciple pathway. I want to encourage you this week to memorize John 13.35. What's John 13.35? This is when Jesus said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's our memory verse. And then read this week 1 John. Later in the New Testament you come to 1 John. 1 John 1-5. through 5, And then ask God, uh, help me to live a chair three worker lifestyle by building up and helping chair two people, believers, follow Jesus? Who do you want me to serve? Who do you want me to show hospitality to? Who do you want me to encourage? And who do you want me to bear with and forgive? Ask God who he wants you to do those and then do that this week. And look forward to being with you all next week. We'll be in John chapter 16, so we're in 14. Today, 15. Next week, 16. We're going to look at how can I make disciples but like Jesus by being sent like Jesus leading up to Easter. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we'll see you next week.